Hey everybody, welcome to episode 165 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast as we are rounding the corner, wrapping up our celebration of women in youth ministry with an interview today with Amy Jo Girardi, yay, which is, that's exactly how I was told to say it, it's Girardi, yay, and so you'll enjoy that with Amy Jo today. Uh, Apologies a little bit, we had a little bit of audio snafu, so there's some stuff that kind of gets cut in and out, we tried to clean it up best we could, so you will enjoy it because the content is rich, the content is very rich, and so for someone who has served in a setting for 17 years, not youth ministry for 17 years, in the same church for 17 years, uh, what Amy Jo has brought to Brentwood and what she brings now to you is an excellent insight and in what longevity in youth ministry can look like and how it can feel to be there for not just a season, but multiple seasons growing and continuing to learn and develop because that only happens when you're rooted. So Amy Jo, super thankful. I know that our audience is going to be loving this interview today. A couple of reminders. We are wrapping up this month of Women in Youth Ministry because next month we're taking a whole month to focus on honesty and work ethic in youth ministry and have some special surprises for you as we drop new episodes next week in November for all of those things. So if you haven't had a chance, binge listen to all the amazing interviews of our Women in Youth Ministry. We've got this and a couple more as we round and finish up our month of Women in Youth Ministry. It's been great. I hope that you've been challenged and learned. You can go to youthministrybooster.com and pick up all the rest of the interviews and more insights about the things going on. But until the end, here is our interview with Amy Jo Girardi. Yay! For our Women in Youth Ministry celebration. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another installment in our Women in Youth Ministry interview series. And today we have a special guest because... Her name is wonderful and full of encouragement <laughs> and enthusiasm. And just me introducing her will bring joy to the room. So I'd like you all to welcome Amy Jo Gerard. Yay! Yay! Which is yay at the end of Gerard. And so, a little cheer. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, it, is it French origin? It's got to be French, right? Like it's got to well, be I'm Italian? Told that. I, okay, I'm married okay. into it. So okay. um, either Swiss or French. That's okay. so, yeah, I know. We'll stick with French because it sounds like that little flair, you know, like just... Well, but it's got to be like the most Southern name possible because it's like the French right. with it, the Amy Joe, right? It's I know. And I'm from the North. So, you that's know, just confusing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's baffling. It's baffling, but that's what we have. Well, Amy, <laughs> Amy Joe's here with us today. Gerard, yay, all the way from Brentwood, <laughs> Tennessee, uh, where she has served for many a years. And so, Amy, I would love to hear from you um, for all of our listeners, kind of what got you into youth ministry? Because what you just told me on the pre-show is that you've not just been in youth ministry for a while. You've been in the same church for 17 years. And I am just yeah. in awe and in admiration of that because that means you've not only outserved many a youth minister in totem, but you've also served yeah. in one church longer than most will ever serve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not um, what I uh, thought my story was going to look like. I, um, I guess, maybe I should have launched into it with that, but it's just uh, when I when I first started, um, I came to um, Brentwood. I was serving in a in a role in the um, in Nashville as an as an event coordinator for a girls ministry event um, okay. that was supposed to be for about two years, and so I had been. In seminary, my husband and I were in Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, we got this opportunity, both of us, to move and be kind of interns. Uh, one was 
at Lifeway. And then I got uh, this the event coordinator position. So we're really only supposed to be here for two years. Okay. And um, <laughs> says, the, says the woman who's now been here for 17. <laughs> 17. Yeah. So we fell in love with Nashville and, uh, but more than anything after my obligation ended as event coordinator, um, Brentwood Baptist reached out to me. We had some uh, friends that we worked um, some summer camps and uh one of the i my husband and i both met doing summer camp i was doing for girls only and he was doing for guys only those track times nice both sides of the coin uh, both sides of the coin right yeah got it yeah so um after you know the summer we met we actually um got engaged and and then got married and had been married for um for 18 years and so we're both in ministry he actually serves on staff with me here now okay but um he served at Lifeway for, you know, 10 years and, uh, and the church here said, Hey, we're looking to start this girls ministry position. It was brand new. And, um, so both of us didn't know what we were getting into. And I just remember my first day on the job was a fall retreat. So, um, and I, you know, I walked in Mm -hmm. and, met uh the guys that were we had we had a brand new middle school minister at the time the student minister had been the middle school minister and had been promoted and um basically when i signed the dotted line they said look there's been so much turnover here that we want you to commit to being here for three to five years which sounded like a lifetime right 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 there's no way and, um, and so I did and clearly met that commitment, but, um, but that first day on the job, I just remember going, I, I was overwhelmed uh, mm-hmm. just with everything that was there. And so many like women kept coming up to me going, pointing out all the broken girls. That was mm-hmm. the first day on the job. They just said that girl over there, she needs your help. She's got, you know, an eating disorder and that girl over there, um, she's promiscuous and that girl over there and. They just labeled all these girls, and I just thought, I'm the wrong person for this job. Mm. <laughs> but um, thankfully, uh, after that retreat, I, I drove home, and I met with my very first girls minister, which is my mom, and um, and just we prayed, and uh, she showed me my eighth grade journal. She goes, I, I have this. I wasn't a big journaler, but I did eighth grade. And so we looked back through and just looked for some threads and just reacquainted myself with me as a teenager. And just looked at what were some of my needs, um, and how was my mom at work in my life, and uh, and out of that, and just a year of just meeting with our leaders and our girls, um, just really the Lord just kind of kept bringing up three distinct things for um, what we were supposed to do with girls at Brentwood Baptist, and so that was um, you know we needed girls of all ages to connect with each other. We needed girls to connect, obviously, in Bible study and, and grow deeper with God. And we needed girls to understand their mission and mm-hmm. uh, be a purpose. And so out of that, um, it just we just started looking at what our identity, significance, and purpose. And so that really, over the last 17 years, that shifted um, a, a little bit. But we always look at identity, significance, and purpose and, and how we're connecting girl to girl, girl to God, and girl to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's been, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, give, give me, give me this thing. Cause I think for a lot of folks, uh, they don't ever get this joy, uh, serving 17 years, 17 years at the same place. 
Is there like one particular like moment that for you is like defining or significant or when things get really difficult, you always think back and think "Mm, that one, this happened. So therefore I will continue. Yeah. Um, well, my husband and I jokingly, obviously I don't think this happens with the Lord. Um, but we, we hold loosely onto our calling here, meaning, um, every December I kind of re up (laughs) with, um, all right, God, are you calling me to re up to serving here? And we try to use December to kind of look back through what God has done and look at, um, the health of our, you know, marriage, our, our family, um, the ministry, and just that's been kind of a rhythm that we put in place. Um, the church here does a really good job of saying every five years, they give you about five to seven weeks to go on sabbatical. Okay. And, um, and so those rhythms, I think, started coming out of sabbatical, not just every five to seven or not every five, five years do I want to get into this rhythm of, of saying, am I called? Um, but every year I want to have a time to do that as well. Mm. And every month we're supposed to take a sabbatical as well. So we take one, um, you know, one day where, where we're on sabbatical and we're just kind of, um, being not doing, this is where I'm hurting. Um, this is where I feel joy and, uh, and this is where I see you bringing dreams within me. Um, but like one, I think in 2008 was my very first sabbatical and, uh, dreamed up a sabbatical where it was illegal to be a Christian. I just wanted to go way far away from that. And so I ended up in Vietnam and, uh, in, in a, an area where we had to take like an eight hour train ride and, um, met up with some people that were, um, Christians and we're trying to get them connected to the local church and uh, this eight hour train ride I remember I had I felt um I felt like I wasn't getting to do what they called me to do and the Lord just kind of affirmed me in my heart and just said um you know these are all excuses I've still called you this but you're using excuses and uh, that was when I launched um a blog to help other girls ministers so I started girlsminister.com in 2008 and uh, started writing and just um, the Lord just began a new work when I just said, okay, uh, I'll do whatever you call me to do. I'm going to stop using excuses to do that. And, um, and then in 2016, I had another moment where um, I felt like I was going to quit. I wasn't connecting with students. And, um, and that was when I realized that it wasn't millennial students I was ministering to, but it was Gen Z students. Mm. And so I think 2008 and then 2016, those have both been pivotal moments for me of, um, of God just kind of renewing my call and, mm. um, and just reminding me who I, who I am in him. And so, yeah. Well, and it's also like, I think important to hear you say that that those are almost kind of life cycles for student ministries too. I think that's one of the things for folks that have had the benefit of serving in a place longer than the life cycle of some of that first class of students is you do have to kind of make that decision of, am I going to re-up? Like, it's, am I going to throw myself back into, even though, even though certain students, you know, or other students are always kind of coming through and always kind of graduating out, there is something about that kind of anchor group 
when you first arrive that are like yeah. in the youngish sixth grade, seventh grade, or, or ninth grade, if you're a high school minister where you're with them for a few years, then all of a sudden you have to like make the like corner again, right? You have to like turn the corner again. Yeah. That extra crank of the wheel feels like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, and I only say that as someone who's coming on his fifth year in a place and it's like, okay, let's do this again. Like it almost feels like that. Let's go around yes. again. And there's, there's always been students, right. always been amazing students coming through. But I think in your own bones, you feel that graduation cycle of like, you know, am I ready to graduate? And then no, again, yeah. in the corner. And so I, I would love right. to hear, maybe talk a little bit more about, there's a lot of folks that are talking Gen Z for stuff. And as someone that has served in youth ministry yeah. for a number of years and then a number of years at the same place, what about in 2016, into 2017, into now, do you feel like are some things that maybe had you not, not questioning, but like kind of wondering or asking, like, what were some of the things that like came to you that kind of maybe prompted some of those thoughts? And then also what are some of the things that like kind of kept you anchored to the place you were served? And I do a retreat for our girls called Snowball. It's not really fancy. It's just we do it in the winter. So we call it with, with a dance at the end? Uh, Is there a dance at the end? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There has to be. <laughs> well, that's not true. We do. We do have like, we have the function as they call it. But oh, sorry. Um, do, yes. do you function? Yes. Is there a snowball function at the end? <laughs> there is. There's, it's just, you know, a dance party with, uh, you know, some Good. of the best songs ever. But, and a snow yeah. machine. And a so, snow machine. We should. We should have that. Um, so I was doing the event kind of the same way. I mean, Snowball looks different every year because we have we have leaders um, of students that help us plan it. But um, but I set it up the same way and uh, just kind of hey, here's your speaker is, here's what I'm thinking theme wise, and then kind of release them to to plan it out and help me do that. And I remember I went to go get some hot chocolate because I'm awesome. And when I came back, they were at my whiteboard, the about 20 girls, and they were erasing all of my plans. And I, I just, I couldn't handle it. And this one girl, I looked at her and I said, what are we doing? And she goes, well, no offense, but we're going in a different direction. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I thought, one, it was the most exhausting meeting we've ever had. And these are not horrible um, at all. But leadership-wise, they were not listening to my leadership. And I wasn't giving in. It, it, was, it was exhausting. And I went home and remember driving home, crying, going, I'm too old for this. And things just quit. And in the, you know, whining that I was doing in my heart, is there's not all these times that I, I hear a clear, uh, you know, question. This question popped up in my heart of, do you know what generation this is? And I was not even caring at all about the dinner it was, but I thought, that's an interesting question. And so I started talking with the Lord about it. When I went to go dig in, I thought, oh my gosh, this is not who I thought they were. And when I started finding out more and more about them, it made sense why they were responding to me the way that they were. And when I looked at the Alistair student ministry, the things that were um, working and the things that weren't, it made sense. And uh, mm-hmm. so, for example, um, if you, uh, one of the things that we kind of talk to leaders about is um, if you think of your iPhone, you know, an iPhone can look the same across the board to a lot of different people. But when you look at an initial person's iPhone, they'll have 
your settings and preferences are different. So the hardware doesn't change. Mm. So the settings and preferences do. So when I went back to that next meeting, I just said, here are the things that are not able to be changed. But here are the settings and preferences you can make your own. And this is going to rise and fall with you. And then I had just had to, you know, release them. to. I had to be okay with you guys are going to be in charge of the t-shirt. Here's the, you know, um, cost. Here's the whatever. But run with it. And they did. And and, uh, some of the most amazing things were happening when I knew how to release them within guardrails to leave. So, um, so that was really exciting. Uh, the and understanding more about Gen Z, their one of their biggest um, vices is their pride. So mm-hmm. they're so prideful um, and think that they can do anything, but um, they don't know how to work with leaders. So a lot of times leaders are feeling that same class. But it, it's figuring out how do I disciple a little bit differently, not losing the gospel at all, but how do I come alongside of them and create those guardrails, give them the tools as fast as I can and run alongside of them. Um, and so I just started realizing that I think God has hardwired this generation with such a entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. When I started seeing, like, if they understand that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their life, then they have such a passion to get the word out mm. that I would be ridiculous if I tried to slow them down. Um, so just then I started getting really passionate about what God could do with, with these students. So I think that was the turning point for sure. Okay. Well, that leads to my next question then, because I think only in the wisdom of serving for a while, somewhere for a while, um, can we can we even begin to kind of get... Some discernment for this. So, Amy, uh, I just developed a time machine to take you back to the very first year of youth ministry and maybe even first year of ministry on staff at Brentwood. What is the advice or uh, wisdom that you would give to first year Amy Jo that only Amy Jo now could get through to her? Like Amy Jo, mm-hmm. first year is reading a lot of books. She knows better. She figured it out. Mm-hmm. She's going to do it but you've come back from the future to tell her this is the most important thing she's got to know. Yeah. So it, it seems, um, I mean, it's basic stuff, but I think uh, I would tell myself, you need to get a prayer team around you quickly. Um, You need to have uh, a team of people around you that you trust. Um, that you can go to that will ask you questions about your soul that um, will support you as you're leading um, and, and will be able to pray for you. I started that much late in the ministry here. I think I was looking for volunteers and looking for people that said yes instead of looking for people that were godly and mm-hmm. healthy and uh and so I later on, probably in 2009, is when I started doing something called, I called it um, uh, Team AJ, which was my, you know, I, I, I heard about like bicycling groups and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You will be my Team AJ, where if I text you before I go to a hospital visit, or if I have to have a conversation, or um, as I'm planning something, will you pray for me? in the season and really pray for me. Um, and so 
I think I, I can point back to 2016 and those pivotal moments of having that, that group around me to say, am I still supposed to be here? Like, is God, you know, calling me, um, is he releasing me from this? And, uh, or they would say, um, you know, challenging me and saying, when, how much time are you spending the words? Are, are you giving God the first and last word of, of your day? That, that came out of my team ages. I think just making prayer foundational with a group of people that are um, special and called to come alongside of me. That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, Amy Joe, if, if folks wanted to connect with you a little bit more about youth ministry and about some of the things you're doing, in particular for girls ministry, what are the best places for them to get a hold of you? So I have a website called girlsminister.com and um, I've been trying to blog on there throughout the time. Uh, it's, it's getting less and less regular, regular, but it's been, I think, since 2008. So there's a lot of content stuff and you can email me from there. And then also we have a girls ministry group on Facebook, um, which is Mary Market. Uh, West is on there and she posted her podcast. That was where I found that found out about you, but we have about um, 300 girls ministry volunteers and leaders on there. Super. So um, I can give you the address for that, but it's, um, I think it's the girls ministry group on Facebook. Super. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sharing today and uh, we look forward and talking with you more. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. All right, there you go. That's our interview with Amy Jo Girardi. Yay! Uh, Amy Jo, thank you so much for sharing. And I hope that you found some wisdom and insight from the longevity and purposefulness of her interview and her answers. Uh, Amy Jo, a good word. Thank you so much for sharing and blessing us today. With that, as all of us are committed to re-upping in the ways in which we serve and are called to youth ministry. So that's you, friend. If you're serving today and you've heard this message, will you commit? Will you recommit and will you recommit again? Longevity in youth ministry is the fruit of youth ministry and seeing that happen and grow in our students is an amazing thing. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We don't want you to miss any of the episodes that are coming out in the next few weeks as we wrap up this big, fun women in youth ministry celebration. All right, see you soon.